Welcome to Cooler Heads with your host, Jed Haver of Mission Peace. This is a show about finding the voice of reason in contentious times, trying to have more reasonable conversation with less venom and division. Now, here's Jed Hafer. Mm, greetings and warm salutations from the KPPF studios here in beautiful Colorado Springs. I am here with the amazing producer, DJ, who's sweating over this hot soundboard day and night just for you. He doesn't do it for himself, ladies and gentlemen. Selfless. Good man. Welcome to Cooler Heads. This week, we are going to talk about conflict and conflict resolution. As always, I am honored that you've joined us. And as always, we start off with the reasonable take. Whose reasonable take is this anyway? It's mine, not yours. You know those people who you probably ran across them on the internet? Uh, They're the people that the word troll became a verb for. You know, it used to just be a noun, but those people who are intentionally cantankerous, toxic, starting trouble, starting fights. We're going to get to those people in just a moment. But first, we have to deal with the whole idea of conflict. I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, as a peacemaker, as somebody who's I feel called to be a peacemaker, I'm not afraid of conflict. I believe conflict is natural. It's part of the way things are. I believe in God. And as the author of the story, he wrote conflict into the story. Just by giving us free will, he knew there was going to be conflict. Well, let's think about stories for a second. If there is no conflict in a story, you know what it is? Lame. Boring. Conflict uh, makes the story good. And I really believe that as human beings, we sharpen one another, we test one another's ideas, and we shouldn't be afraid of conflict. We're, We're not made of glass, ladies and gentlemen. When conflict becomes a problem, it's when it harms someone. When someone starts to get hurt, when things start to escalate, that escalated quickly, when things start to cause us to hurt one another, feel like we need to harm one another, and then our defenses go up and there's this vicious cycle, when we go low, when we get nasty, when we really start to, to harm one another, that's when conflict needs to be resolved. Maybe uh, forces need to step in, or at least people need to be, and you're going to hear this word a lot today, intentional about resolving the conflict in a peaceful way. That's what I feel called to do. That's what I'm all about. I got some great thoughts from, from you this week coming up in the polls, and I have a great guest to talk more about this. But here's the deal. When it comes to conflict, we, we shouldn't be afraid of it. But when we're in it, this is the hardest part. When our defenses go up and our Our emotions are up, which means what? Cognitions are down. The angrier we get, the dumber we get, right? The more emotional we get, the stupider we get. The more our defenses are up, the less rational we are. So that there's a self-awareness. We teach this uh, at Mission Peace. Do they have a website? Yes, mission-peace.org. That's my organization, Mission Peace. We teach things like self-awareness and being intentional going into an interaction with another human being. I'm going to stay respectful. I'm not going to go low. And if I feel defensive, I'm going to be aware of that so that it doesn't turn into me weaponizing uh, words, ideas. You know when it goes south. Let's go back to the internet now. You know when people can disagree and then you've seen where it goes south. What starts to happen? We start calling each other names. We start lumping each other into categories we can easily dismiss. If you're in a relationship with somebody and you start to go low, meaning you throw a low blow, you say something that you know is going to be intentionally hurtful. You've ever done that? Hopefully you have that moment of, ooh, that was bad. 
All right, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Conflict gets bad when we start hurting each other, and then that tends to escalate. And in some cases, we bring in other people. And uh, you know, not to be oversimplistic, but this is how wars start. Of course, you realize this means war. I used to work with uh, troubled teenagers, many of you know, and I did some research. A lot of these kids were in gangs and they would die for their gang. They would say, oh, they're down for their gang and they're really, really loyal. And I researched, okay, how did this start? Where did this uh, where did this set come from? And going way back, there were instances where huge gang wars with kids dying in the streets started over a fight over a pair of tennis shoes. In a detention center in California, for instance, uh, people literally dying over this war between two sides, two divided groups, and they're absolutely going at it, literally killing each other over some dispute that was just absolutely ridiculous to start with. Certainly not something that we would say, this is worth hurting or killing somebody over. I've got a cool quote that I want to read to conclude this reasonable take. This quote is attributed to naturalist David Attenborough. If you collect 100 black ants and 100 red fire ants and put them in a glass jar, nothing will happen. But if you take the jar and shake it violently and leave it on the table, the ants will start killing each other. Red believes that black is the enemy, while black believes that red is the enemy, when the real enemy is the person who shook the jar. The same is often true in society. Men versus women, black versus white, faith versus science, young versus old, etc. Before we fight one another, we must ask ourselves, who shook the jar? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to say that every time there's a conflict, especially between groups of people, that it's been manipulated by someone, by some outside force, that they are the cause of it. But I will say in this day and time and, and in our current culture, I believe that is the case more often than we realize. I believe we've been turned against one another, often for power or for political gain by someone, or that there's at least a trend of villainizing the other side to diminish their voice or to gain power for my side. That happens more than we realize it if we look around, and it's obviously not something worth fighting over. So before I attack that person, maybe I ought to look around and ask, someone's shaking my jar. That, ladies and gentlemen, is The Reasonable Take. It's a great gift when you've known somebody a long time. And that's something I can say about my friends at Aspen Roofing Company. I can also tell you that they do a great job. If you've got any issues with your roof, if you need a free estimate, if you're in Woodland Park, Colorado Springs, the Colorado Springs area, talk to these guys. They are bonded and insured and licensed and all that stuff. Aspen Roofing Company, 719-684-0760. That is 719-684-0760. Aspen Roofing Company. On the line with us once again is possibly the greatest Woodland Park Panther in history. I'll make the case. Jason Roshek, Jason Roshek Partners, Coldwell Banker, First Choice Realtors. Jason, what is going on? Thank you. Thank you for letting me be on here today. Oh, it's always our pleasure. So you know a lot about this real estate market and all this stuff. Like you even know what things like appraisal gaps are, like things that I don't know what they are at all. But what, what is that? So that's one of the ways right now agents are trying to get you, the buyer, to get the home. It's really a benefit more for the seller and the listing agent. So for the seller side, what it does is it says that, hey, I'm going to bring in X amount of money, no matter what the appraisal is. Hey, great thing is you can get a home. 
bad thing is you might be losing a little bit of cash. You're getting so taken a little bit. So maybe, and that's where you need to have a really good team with a lender like Scott Seaman and myself that can help you make sure, hey, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Ah, people you can trust. Well, if people do want to find you, you obviously know what you're talking about, man. I know they can go to jasonroshek.com, but you also have a number they can call or text. Yep, 719-237-0394. That's Jason Roshek. Also find him at jasonroshek.com. And make sure that you're getting uh, you're getting an honest deal. I've only known the guy for uh, more than 40 years, so I can tell you he's going to give you an honest deal. Jason, yeah. thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Time for something cool we do each week that I call The Pulse. This is where we read comments and messages from you on our topic. This is the topic of conflict and conflict resolution. And a lot of these are from a cool page that I joined that is people who have agreed to have civil discourse. You're saying, where can I find that page? I can't tell you. You got to start your own. Matter of fact, you should do that. Fans of the show, go start your own. Make it a place where everybody agrees to the rules. We're going to be civil. We're not going to say things like, how could you possibly be so stupid? And we're going to have uh, the civil conversation because I'll tell you what it makes for for great and I feel like more productive conversations first Kathleen says first verbalize and agree what the conflict is about second break it down into parts or components of the issue decide which ones or parts of the conflict you will take a non-negotiable stance be sure to have solid reasons to support this then seek the win-win solution sometimes a situation may need to have more than one session in order to have a cool-off period and time to do some information gathering gathering for a more supportive position. I like that. Always remember that few people have learned the rules of debate or even of logical and critical thinking. There is an art to persuading. There we are again with convince me, don't coerce me. There is an art to persuading such as this without being condescending. That's like when you talk down to someone like they're stupid or being perceived as condescending. I'm no expert. I love that. I love the humility. Brian says, I'm no expert, but two things come to mind. Stay issue focused on what the actual conflict is and try to keep the personality out of the conversation. Keep the conversation as unemotional as possible. Not an easy task. Amen, Brian. One more. I think it's important that one learns how to start where the other person is coming from. We call that empathy at Mission Peace. Learns to start where the other person is coming from. People need to accept what others believe is their reality, whether or not it's true, and try to empathize and understand their perspective first. I also think it's important to be patient and calm. It's equally important to be respectful and in control of one's emotion, then working toward compromise. That sounds like a mission piece. Like that could be right off our website or something. That's pretty good. Well, as always, you guys are the rock stars. Thanks for participating in The Pulse. Please keep those comments coming. On the line with me is an awesome guy, my friend Scott Seaman, mortgage guy extraordinaire. And I decided to have Scott come on and tell us just a little bit about what's going on out there in the world of financing homes. Hey, thanks, Jed. Yeah, I have uh, I'd made the joke earlier today that with somebody else that I've been doing this for 23 years now. Um, but really, more accurately, I've been doing this one year, 23 times in a row, <laughs> because every year is absolutely different. And this year is no different. Holy cow. 
there's just not enough homes out there for people to buy. So it is more important than ever uh, for people if they want to get into the market and buy a home to get qualified, to work through all the dotting of the I's and crossing of the T's to make sure when they find the perfect house that they are ready to go. And they're working with somebody local and somebody who's been around in the market for a long time and trusted and who can make phone calls on their behalf and really try to help them get a home. It's, it is a very wacky environment out there right now. Interest rates are staying low. We're still in the nice low threes, which is perfect for purchasing a home and also still perfect for refinancing. I get people all the time asking me if now's still a good time. I tell people all the time, give me a call. Let me run some numbers for you and we'll see what makes sense. So it's a fun time to be in the financing world still. I bet it is. Well, I was going to ask you that very thing. And honestly, when you talk about somebody you can trust, ladies and gentlemen, please believe me, this is a man you can trust. If people want to start that process, Scott, how can they find you or get a hold of you? On your first point there, I'll tell you this, more getting a mortgage loan is just numbers. And I think that's what people need to remember. It's not a, a crazy emotional get sold or, or a bill of goods kind of thing. Just find somebody you trust and let them run numbers for you. That's what I always say. And I'd love to help out. Best way to reach me if somebody wants to do just that is 719-352-7077 or www.applywithscott.com. Please do it, ladies and gentlemen. You will be glad you did. Uh, Scott, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thank you. Super excited to have my guest today on Cooler Heads, Rabbi Michael Schoening, who is, oh, he's a man of many, of many trades. He's a rabbi, messianic rabbi. He's also an entrepreneur, speaker, a leader, bringer together of people. Uh, I like to call him my homie with lots of shalomi. Uh, that's right, fist bump. Please welcome to Cooler Heads, Rabbi Michael Shoney. Hey, Jed. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. Oh, man. It is a great pleasure to have you with us. We're talking about conflict and conflict resolution. Uh, well, first, let's, let's tell our, our Cooler Heads fans. Family, just a little bit about you and who you are. Yeah, a short story is born and raised in uh, Salem, Oregon. If you don't know where it is, that's okay. I'm from there and I'm not sure where it is, but it's the capital of Oregon, not Portland, actually. That's right. Grew up there. I was born at a very young age. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a wonderful place to live and it's a wonderful place to leave. So by moving to Colorado Springs about five and a half years ago. You have a, a synagogue here in the, in the Colorado Springs area? Yes, so we have the Olive Tree Messianic Synagogue, That's and then right. we uh, got a rabbi <laughs> in the house. We're going to get all rabbinical. Oh up in yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. So uh, we've got several companies. Uh, we're licensed uh, foster parents. We, my wife and I, are both. Uh, we have five different certifications in the state of Colorado. We're working with specifically children in trauma. So working with youth in trauma is, is one of our one of our fortes. Just active in the community, networking in the community, and then of course ministry are, are some of our main focuses. I told you he does a lot. And that's one of the things we bonded over is is working with kids who have have pretty uh, tough and traumatic cases. Michael, when when we start talking about conflict, I mean, my my premise was that conflict is okay. When it becomes not okay is when we start hurting one another. Uh, give us your thoughts on that. You know, I think conflict in general is a very interesting thing because have you ever heard of somebody who says, well, I just I just don't like arguments. I just don't like fights. I avoid conflict, right? I don't, don't like conflict. What's interesting is a lot of people really avoid conflict because I think what they're really trying to avoid, avoid is trauma. You know, we wear seatbelts. We can be as safe as we can. We can really limit our, you know, travel and things like that. But trauma always 
finds us in life. And with conflict, the biggest difference between conflict and trauma is I think trauma is more the product of really heavy conflict. Bad um, conflict. Very, very bad conflict. Um, sometimes there's just conflict that's a little awkward, right? You get, you're at the grocery store, they give you the wrong change and they think they give you the right change and there's just a little bit of conflict. Yeah, that, that little bit of awkward conflict is my entire life. Like I live in that place <laughs> every minute of every you, day. You do, I, I do as well. It's I, I go to restaurants, I don't care spaghetti and ask for spaghetti. It's kind of fun. <laughs> now, and, you're hitting on the very first episode we had was with uh, with Jim Fay, the founder of Love and Logic. And he talked about how when we're wrong, it hurts us. Our, you know, our defenses go up. We don't want to be wrong. Our brain says, no, no, I'm not wrong. I'm not crazy. And, yeah. and we have a tendency to kind of lash out at one another just because we don't want to feel like there's something wrong with us. It's interesting. I would say, shoot, it was about 10 years ago, I did a talk. It was my wife, Maria, and I and Dick Butkus. Remember Dick Butkus oh, yeah. from the Bears? Chicago Bears. So, Chicago, the Bears. So we were the we were the three speakers there, and it was about conflict resolution, uh, specifically when verbal arguments in the marriage. And so we were married one year and he was married at the time 50 years. So we talked about conflict resolution in the marriage at one year and at 50 and those dynamics that play with the kids, you know, and, and everything in life and how that really bleeds over into ministry, into business, into, oh my gosh, now, of course, social media is just, <laughs> if you don't have social media, you're insane now. Uh, but conflict is ultimately inevitable, meaning trauma is also inevitable. And I think that conflict, you can come away from conflict and feeling prideful, feeling humble, feeling uh, neglected, beaten up or bullied. But when it comes to trauma, you, there's only two products. It's either you're a survivor of trauma or you're a victim of trauma. Victims have excuses and don't move forward. Survivors are empowered to move forward. And so when you're in the middle of conflict, you know, it's that it's really, really hard to look outside of your tornado. But when you are equipped and you're surrounded with people with the goal to lift you up, they can see through the tornado and find you in the middle and really help center you and equip you to be centered on the next time you encounter conflict so you don't become a victim of trauma. Uh, you know, but there's also, I think there's something that's, it's hard to say, but I think there's a misconception when it comes to conflict. And that is that when we talk about conflict resolution, right? When I work with high needs foster care kids and everything, I think there's a, there's an idea that all conflict must come to a resolution. Mm. And so sometimes the wrong resolution is forced. Go hug your brother and tell him you're sorry. Oh, Share yeah, your Yeah, that, yeah. Push us together, shake hands. Yeah, ex exactly. And so forced resolution and inappropriate and, and incorrect resolution to conflict, I think, is worse than just getting pissed off and walking away. One of our mantras on this show is convince me, don't coerce me, right? So we can disagree, but rather than you trying to beat me over the head or manipulate me or call me names or intimidate me into your way of thinking, give me, make your case, right? Give me the, the reasons. Just give me. Right, and then I'll I'll listen to those. But there there's a moment of at some point. I think you allude to this. We might just agree to disagree, and that's okay. I don't yeah. have to come around to your side if I don't feel like hugging it out or shaking hands. It's not the end of the world. At least we're not hurting each other. But I, I think your point is we don't we don't have to always come to a place of of true agreement. We might just say, hey, we're different on this, and that's okay. How lame would it be if you only hung out with people that agree with you on everything? 
Oh, I thought about that today. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about today. What if my favorite band, Switchfoot, because they're the best band in the world, what if I went to see them in concert and there's 7 billion people in line ahead of me because the entire world, that's their favorite band too. That would be awful. I want yeah. those people out there that are fans of the, you know, although the of rappers, music. Uh, yeah. Lil, Lil, they're all like Lil something, like Lil, Lil Peep, Lil, like Lil, Lil Big, Lil, Lil, Lil Smokey. Lil, Lil Talent is what I call a lot of them. Lil that's, Talent. That's not very nice, but uh, Lily Tomlin, that was, she was a good one. I don't think Lil Smokey is actually one of them. Now that no, that's those little those little sausages. Lily Tomlin, I think, was Jewish though, so I, oh, I threw that good. in there for you right yeah, there. That's very good. Yeah, I missed it, that. You get my point. It, it, we don't want people who all like the same thing as us. That that would that would not make life. Variety is the spice, man. You know, yeah. Go to a buffet where it's just mashed potatoes. My wife will be super happy being a Russian, but I, <laughs> but I will be happy. You know, and I think that's. Uh, you know, one of the biggest differences in the Jewish culture, the Near Eastern Hebraic ancient biblical culture, as we like to, you know, make it sound more flamboyant, that we actually look for the things we dis disagree with and we view them as beautiful, you know, and I, and I don't ever want to sound like I'm hating on the church or, or the Catholics or anything like that, but there is a different culture in a Greco-Roman mindset and a Hebraic mindset. And the Greco-Roman mindset is agree with me or I'm leaving or you're leaving, one of the two. So what happens is now there's over 40,000 different Christian denominations. Uh, we have less than a dozen Jewish denominations, and we've been around almost 4,000 years, wow. right? And I think it's because we, um, we at the bottom line, we, we can get in a fight and an argument and get heated, and we're pounding the table. And, and we do this every Saturday. We have it called a midrash, and a midrash is a is a heated discussion. But at the end of it, you're my brother, you're my sister. I love you. You know, hug, let's hug kiss. Let's, let's eat. <laughs> you know, have some tea, have some coffee and, and cake and move out of business. But we find beauty in disagreeing, and you You've probably heard the saying, two Jews, three opinions. Yes. Right? It's actually, this is what it comes from. A lot of people use it as a derogatory term for some reason, but it was Jew A would come to the conversation with opinion A. Jew B would come to the conversation with opinion B, but when they left the conversation, both Jews had opinion C. Two Jews, three opinions meant that both that Jews are open-minded enough to be able to uh, you know, gather information and leave with a different perspective than they than they came into the conversation with. It's a positive. Uh, there's there's a, a give yeah. and take, and we sharpen each other. That's I, that's beautiful. I'm not man. saying Christians can't do this. I'm that's, just saying that's mission peace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, you're saying this this thing that might have been used, uh, you know, as a as an insult. It's actually the true meaning of it is this is a positive thing. It means it really we is. we don't divide ourselves over our different opinions. Yeah. <laughs> See, I always learn from you when 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 I hear you. I learn well, from you too, man. Thank for you. my mission to try to get people to get along better and not be so ugly to one another, what are your suggestions on how how we as a society can can move forward with maybe less nastiness and less division and less venom when we do disagree? I think one of the key parts is responsibility. Um, about a little over a year ago, I decided to take my phone and I went downtown and there was this huge mob, right? And it was a BLM protest. And then I started, I pulled over and I interviewed people. I didn't have a show or anything like that. It was just me because this is the kind of junk I do. <laughs> yes, I was there for four hours and I interviewed people. Well, I'm here because I hate Trump. Okay. Well, I'm here because I hate the police. Okay. Well, I'm here because I hate the government. Okay. Well, I'm here because Black Lives Matter. Okay. Well, I'm here because of this. I'm here because of because I'm with Antifa. Okay. I talked to many of the Antifa leaders who are actually running the BLM thing in here, Colorado Spring. And I filmed them. I talked to them. I talked to an Icelandic pagan. I talked to an agnostic Jew with an AK-47 strapped to his back. I talked 
talked to a Christian man carrying a giant cross that the some of the BLM protesters came and actually broke into several pieces and then blamed on the cops. Um, I talked to a couple of police officers. I talked to the news crew. And what I realized is it wasn't the polarization that we have been told. It was the lack of responsibility because the majority of people that I talked to did not know why they were there. They were sick of quarantine and they just didn't want to be home. And so they show up and they're spray painting and throwing garbage everywhere. Someone was nice enough to hand out free cheeseburgers. So of course I grabbed a couple of those. Of course, yeah. And uh, and it was interesting, but there was a lack of responsibility. So what you I see responsibility as one of the antidotes to the, the nastiness and the I, division. I think part of it is ed- education. So when, when you continue your personal education, uh, you'll find that you have more, you'll, you'll find that the world is nastier than, than you've ever thought. All half the conspiracy theories are true. But then at a certain point, instead of run off and live in the forest by yourself off grid, you realize that you have the power and ability to change your community, starting with yourself. And it's starting with your reactions, right? Actions are going to happen to you. Life just happens to you. But your conflict is going to happen. Conflict is going to happen. But the way you react to it is key. If you just get angry and you, and you, and you get PO'd and so you just go out and spray paint a government building or dare I say, uh, eight, nine months later, go out and actually, you know, storm the White House. I found that to be this. I had friends that wouldn't storm the White House. I'm like, are you crazy? Oh, don't say that on the air. They're coming after you. Oh, yeah. That's OK. <laughs> so but but I saw this. It was a fight for freedom, a fight for identity more than anything else. Uh, that's another that's saw, another factor saw, we've talked about is this becomes part of my identity is who I don't like or who I'm against, yes. what I oppose. Well, people people don't vote for presidents. People vote for themselves. Does this president stand up for the things that appeal to me? If so, I'm going to vote for him no matter how terrible a person he is. Or that I think uh, you know represents me, but maybe doesn't. Let me ask you this. I want to ask you this, and then <laughs> I want to give you a chance to uh, to tell people where they can find you we and see what you're deep. up to. But do you feel like someone's shaking the jar a little bit? Uh, you know, if if we're the ants, do you feel like maybe more than people realize this is this is the case that I make? I think more than people realize their jar is being shaken, uh, and in some cases, very intentionally, and by people that that know exactly what they're doing. And in some cases. It's just the easy default. We we had a show a few weeks ago about lumping, and I can just lump you into that group, whether it be ethnic, whether it be political, and it makes it easy to just dismiss you. I don't have to listen to you because you're one of those. Do you feel like that's going on to some degree where, where our jars getting shaken and maybe just our awareness of that helps us not be so susceptible to it? The short answer is absolutely. And there's a very long answer that goes back to the guy who essentially formed Italy by joining all the provinces in 1700. I don't know if we have enough time for that, but it's- You can tell the story quick, man. Let's get it. The quick version is in the 1700s, a man wanted to join all of the different provinces, right? So he hires men to kill cows and burn barns in every province at night. Ah, so they get a common enemy. They have a common enemy. And then they said, hey, guy, how do we make this stop? He goes, vote me into power and I'll make it stop. Of course, he's the guy funding it, right? So he does it and he forms Italia. He forms the entire country and joins it together and is a complete dictator, right? So he's a uniter of people. So, and you study how stuff works and you're educated and you take that self-responsibility, it's not that difficult. The first thing you realize is the world is a very nasty place and there's a lot of strings attached to stuff. The second thing is if you don't check your emotions, you will be played and people are 
are depending on you to be played. So as a society and as people who are believers in the God of Israel, we, we have to take responsibility for who we are. When conflict happens, when stuff happens on the news, just turn it off. Seriously. When stuff happens. <laughs> Beware yeah. those people who are trying to turn you against someone or gin up a lot of emotion and, and because your, your, jar your, jar's getting, your jar's getting shook. Exactly. If this world is not nearly as nasty as it's been in, in, in the last several millennia, you create strong communities and families that are in love with each other, that uplift each other, but dependent on love. And oh. that's how we win. And love will win. We, we end every show with that. It's pretty cool. Oh, actually. really? Yeah, man. Such great stuff, man. I, I appreciate you being here. Uh, if people want to find out Sorry, more about you. Deep. Oh, no, that's great. That's why we have you. If uh, people want to find you, find out more about what you're up to, where, where can they find you? You know, I'm on Facebook under Michael Schoening. Um, you can spell that for people. Yeah. There, yeah. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S-C-H-O-E-N. I-N-G. I've got a public page anybody can follow. I'll do like, uh, you know, sales training and tips and and just lots of fun stuff. And then, of course, we have the Olive Tree Messianic Synagogue, which is a place where we come and study the Word of God in a safe place. That's beautiful. Rabbi Michael Schoening, getting all rabbinical up in here. I got to say it again. <laughs> awesome having you, man. Thank you. Please, please come back. We'd love to have you come back. Hey, this was fun. I want to do a few things. I want to remind you that our differences are one of the things that make life good. That variety of flavors, that variety of opinions. We all say diversity is good. Let's remember that even diversity of opinion and diversity of perspective is also good. When does it get bad? It gets bad when we start hurting each other. And we're better than that. Ladies and gentlemen, you're better than that. Anything below that line is a foul. Don't go low. Don't go for the pain. Go for the solution. It doesn't matter who's right. It matters much more what's right. We want to treat each other with love. And we know that love doesn't have to win and love doesn't have to have its own way. Conflict does not have to be as painful and it doesn't have to ruin relationships. With that in mind, I want to invite you to tune in next week where we have a very special guest who's going to help us take our relationships from good to great. I want to thank you as always for listening. I invite you to tune in next week. We're going to talk about relationships and how we can make them better. I also want to thank my great guest, Rabbi Michael Schoening. I want to thank you for participating with your comments in The Pulse, because you know it by now, cooler heads prevail and love will win. This has been Cooler Heads with Jed Hayford of Mission Peace, presented by Scott Seaman of applywithscott.com and by Jason Roshek from Coldwell Banker, First Choice Realty, and by Aspen Roofing Company, Inc. Tune in every Saturday at 3 p.m. for Cooler Heads and listen to the podcast on Podbean.